You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The Fantasy Sports News Desk, sponsored by New York Daily News with Tony Sincata. Welcome to Fantasy Football Rewind right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. My name is Tony and we are here for the next two hours talking. 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. Eastern. Now, five days a week, Monday through Friday. So make sure you do what you do. You get what you got to get. And you get Fantasy Football Rewind. If you can't stay up late and you just happen to be up late tonight, you can subscribe on iTunes. Google Play, Stitcher, just hit the subscribe button and absolutely get it done. That's the way to go about it. That's how the smart people do it. So they never miss a show. They go and they subscribe and bang, there you go. There you go. That's the way you do it. That's the way to go about it. I'm telling you right now, we got something interesting happening in the National Football League. And I don't know if anyone's paying attention. Chris Thompson, Washington Redskins running back. Third down running back. We often debate how good he is in fantasy. He's on pace to become just the fourth player in NFL history with 100 carries and 1,000 yards receiving. This goes back to Marshall Falk as the most recent player to do so. He accomplished the feat in 1999. Quick check of the calendar. Says it's 2017. So Chris Thompson's doing something that hasn't been done in 18 years. He's had two 100-yard days through the year. Thompson's receiving pace will almost certainly recede below 1,000, but he should remain a huge part of the aerial attack. A true number one or arguably number two receiver as he is a guy that is the target in the Washington passing game. When you look and you see guys like um, Jamison Crowder and Terrell Pryor and say, oh, what the heck? Where did that go? Well, now we know where it goes. It going all to Chris Thompson, right? It's all going to Chris Thompson. So there we have it. You know, Stefan Diggs' injury, for a lot of the wise guys out there, they thought Michael Floyd would be a guy that you could go ahead and grab. Michael Floyd only played 38 of 77 snaps in week six, catching one of three targets for five yards. Is exactly what he played in week five when Stefan Diggs was playing. Floyd was out-snapped and out-targeted by Laquan Treadwell. So... I don't think that uh, Michael Floyd is a guy that you can go and take a look at. It's not looking good. Now, we are looking at Wendell Smallwood. It's been two games he's missed. And now where are we with Wendell Smallwood? Smallwood expects to play Week 7 against the Redskins, according to Jeff McClain on Twitter who covers the Philadelphia Eagles. Smallwood has been sidelined because of a knee injury, but he was able to get in some practice on Tuesday, and we should get a better idea of his status when the Eagles issue their first injury report of the week on Thursday. 
if he is active, Smallwood will be again back in fantasy worthiness. That's the craziness. That's what it's all about. Wendell Smallwood. I remember back in the day when I was on Roto Experts in the morning on Sirius XM. Scott Angle was a big lover and admirer of Smallwood. I don't know if he's outgrown it. I don't know if he's changed it. But all he would talk about is Smallwood and then giggle and laugh. That's the king of fantasy. Scott Angle. You can now catch him on the Roto Experts in the morning, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're here. We're getting it done. Stay tuned for more on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Are you new to Daily Fantasy? Are you a veteran? Either way, you can better your chances of winning money and lots of it by going to DailyRoto.com. Multiple people have become millionaires thanks to the guys at Daily Roto. Why not take advice from the experts? You can become a millionaire too. Just go to DailyRoto.com to rock Daily Fantasy Sports. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Rewind on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. My name is Tony Sincata. This is Fantasy Football Rewind. We get fired up. Talking a little fantasy football, making things happen, and making sure you're going to get it done. Now, before I get you to more updates from practice on who practiced, who didn't practice, why don't we dive in to Brett Hundley and see what's going on there with some analysis on the quarterback. If you're an Aaron Rodgers owner, can there be any way that you go and pick up Brett Hundley now to be your quarterback? We're going to have Emery Hunt, who uh, follows the college football scene who scouts the college football players. You can check them out every morning on the Line of Luck show, Sunday mornings on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Television Network. Here is Emery Hunt, and who is Brett Hundley? Emory Hunt and Zaw of the playbook. Listen, fantasy owners, it seems like every single week we're losing a piece to our team. Obviously, in week number six, we lose a big, a big piece, a humongous piece, piece, excuse me. Green Bay Packer quarterback Aaron Rodgers goes down, likely out for the remainder of the fantasy football season. So today, I got Emory Hunt, the Zaw of the playbook. You know him, lineup lock live, all the great work that we do on Sunday mornings. 
he's the rookie whisperer. You feel what I'm saying? So what we're going to do is the kid Huntley, what's his name, Brett Huntley? Brett Huntley. Brett Huntley, he's not a rookie, right? He's been in the NFL a little bit now. So what we're going to do is we're going to get E, the czar of the playbook, to break down Brett Huntley, his game. So just in case you got some options to quarterback league, deeper league, you need a quarterback, maybe Huntley's the guy. E, what can you tell us about uh, Brett Huntley? Well, fans will love to hear this, that he brings a lot of the same athleticism traits that Aaron Rodgers has. He's been in this offense three years running. They still have all those receivers at his disposal. They still have all those running backs. And for Brett Huntley, he also has the ability to get outside, make plays happen with his legs. So he can give you points on the ground, points through the air. I think this offense won't miss a beat. Well, obviously, it's going to have to miss a beat. Aaron Rodgers, dynamic, a dynamic talent like Aaron Rodgers. See, one of the things that fantasy owners mainly worry about when it comes to this, obviously, you lose Aaron Rodgers. That's a big piece. But you got guys like Devontae Adams. You got guys like Jordy Nelson. You got guys like Randall Cobb, all guys that are relying upon week in and week out for fantasy football owners. Right now, we're like, okay, well, do we sell these players? Because they're going into a situation where the quarterback player is going to drop. So is Jordy still going to be that guy in the red zone? Is Devontae? Devontae's still going to get that work in the middle of the field. Is Randall Cobb still going to continue to emerge and have this bounce back season because the quarterback play is likely going to dip? No, I think you can run with this guy for about a good two to three week stretch. Here's why. You have the Saints coming up, and granted their defense is better, but they are still prone to give up big plays. You saw Matt Stafford have a field day throwing the football when they were trying to come back. The second part of this equation is that they have a bye week after the Saints. Two weeks to prepare for the Detroit Lions a, a, a division game. So I think he's going to have two outstanding performances that you can probably get rid of him because it's going to start to go downhill a little bit. But right now, I will keep all those receivers, all those running backs on your roster because Brett Huntley will try to look and, and show this team that he can be that guy to help keep this passing game on pace. So let me give you some options. Some dudes that's on the waiver wire right now that people could possibly be looking forward to streaming this week. Say a guy like a Jacoby Brissett or Huntley. I would say Huntley. I would say Huntley. We saw last night in the Monday night game, uh, Brissett, he, he tends to run hot and cold. But he's good. He's good when he's when he's off. He's a little off. And he didn't really have the numbers output or the production as far as touchdowns are concerned. So I would ride with Huntley because they have the better pieces on the outside and also the coach that is, that's calling the plays. I think I could trust McCarthy and company more so than I could trust trust uh, the Colts. What about that. guys like Blake Bortles and Jared Goff? Don't even mention Blake Bortles. Golf, you could roll with a little bit, but I still love Huntley's confidence. And if you go back to him at UCLA, he was the same player. You see him in a preseason, 10 touchdowns, only two interceptions his three seasons in Green Bay. He's been a preseason star. I think he's going to hit the ground running. All right, so one more thing. Let's talk about the running game in Green Bay. Obviously, Ty Montgomery, Aaron Jones, that situation where they mix and match like that. It's Huntley a guy that can open up running lanes for them? He's a, he a guy that can get some numbers on the ground himself? How do you think they, the running, the rushing attack of the Green Bay Packers evolves with Aaron Rodgers on, on the bench for the rest of the season? Here's the funny part about that. I'm glad you brought that up because even though he and Aaron Rodgers have the same athleticism, defenses will overprepare thinking Huntley will take off and run. Right. Because of whatever reason, they think he's going to be the runner. Right. Yeah. So they're going to overplay that, which will mean which means a lot of opportunities for those backs to have an added blocker at the second level. So those backs will have a lot more running room because teams will play stupidly against Huntley when he's the same guy as Aaron Rodgers. There you go right there. That's the czar, the playbook, Emory Hunt. I'm Corey Parson, fantasy executive. I kind of just felt like rapping a little bit just now. I know you'll be holding microphones like this. You know what I'm saying, son? Nah, we out. Studio 34. We love you. FNTSY all day, baby. Czar, the playbook. There you have it, the fantasy executive and uh, Emory Hunt. I don't know which one was drunk or if they were both drunk or what, but twice Emory Hunt 
said he was the same player as Aaron Rodgers. Not even close. I mean, it's ridiculous. And then he rather have Brett Hundley than Jared Goff. I wish he elaborated more. Jared Goff was the first pick in the draft. Brett Hundley went in the third round. I mean, come on. Come on. Now, you could say that he has better weapons and Mike McCarthy there, but I didn't hear that. That's what I needed to hear. I needed to hear more. It seems like Emery's a lot like a lot of fantasy owners who love the young players. And they talk about them like they're the next big thing because they always want to be in on the next big thing. And people talk about when they hit it, but they don't talk about the 20 players that don't come through. So it's tough. And that was the Brett Hunley update. I think he can do a reasonable job because he's got weapons. So I think he can. Um, he, he's got a buy coming up too. So if you pick him up, you're going to have to get another quarterback still. So it's a little crazy. It's a little lazy. But it is what it is. And that's all we can do. Now, one of the things we got to look at, what's up with the football giants? Orleans Dakwa, how long can he be doing this thing, man? How long can Orleans Dakwa be the guy that continues to excel when people don't know? Here is my man Chris Meany. game last night. I'm out of Survivor. Thanks, New York. Oh, no, shit. Yeah. Oh. That's too bad. Brutal. Devastated. I didn't even think the Giants were going to be able to put up past, like, three points. Like, Nobody over under did. three and a half, like, I would have taken the under. I oh, would've... my God. Very surprising. And what you saw from the Giants, this is a team that likes to throw the football. But when they lost <laughs> Shepard, Beckham, Harris, Marshall, not very many options in the passing game. So they ran the ball, and which was pretty surprising because heading in, Denver had allowed the fewest yards per game on the ground. And Orleans Jarquois, who hadn't really done anything over the course of his career, a couple, couple plays here and there, he had a big game. He, he really did. He 21 rushing attempts, 117 yards on the, on the ground. He caught a ball. Uh, very surprising stuff. He shouldn't be hanging around your waiver wire. If he's going to get this kind of opportunity in volume alone, you, you, you're going to want to have him. Uh, it's, I don't expect this kind of performance from him week in and week out, but this is a team that's going to try to focus on running the ball a little bit more, uh, even though they've had their struggles over the past few years. So Darkwa should be available. I still like Gallman. He didn't do a whole lot. He caught some balls. Uh, I still do like Gallman, but it seems like Darkwa is certainly ahead of him now in the depth chart. Um, you need running back help, go for it. Go ahead and, and grab him, but I'm a little skeptical that he can continue to put up weeks like this. Yeah, there's no way. There's yeah. no way that's going to keep happening. It's very, very surprising. Evan Ingram is is somebody that you should have him on. He scored a touchdown yesterday. He's oh. going to continue to get a bunch of targets with these guys out. He was getting them anyways. I just want to quickly mention, you know, once all this, everything went down with the Giants last week and, like, they're all getting hurt, Yeah. I thought, you know, I'm going to jump on top of this. I'm going to be smart and I'm going to pick up that guy, R. Lewis. Yeah. R. <laughs> Lewis, who plays for the Giants, and yeah. his thing is, like, He's the one giant guy that can play. He's their one target. And I was like, 
Look at me, Mr. Smart. I'm gonna go get R. Lewis. The guy didn't do anything. No. And now I'm sitting here. With a groom hat on. With a groom hat on? Like some kind of idiot. <laughs> All right. But shout out to anybody that thought they were smart by going out to pick that guy up, because it turns out we're not. There was Chris Meany from Livewire, which you can get on the Fantasy Sports Network's YouTube page. Subscribe, get Fantasy Sports Network on YouTube, and get all the great shows from all the great guys over there, and make sure you do that. You're listening to Fantasy Football Rewind. My name is Tony Cicada. We'll take a quick break. Come back with more right here on The Rewind. Mondays through Fridays now. If you want to win at Fantasy Sports, wouldn't you listen to people who have already won at Fantasy Sports? I'm here to tell you about DailyRoto.com. Don't be intimidated by the DraftKings and FanDuel Sharks, even the Fantasy Draft Sharks. The guys at DailyRoto.com have not only won a million dollars amongst one of the writers, but they've created three others. That's four people who have won millionaire contests from this content alone. Don't be fooled by screenshots talking about $25,000 winners from other places. Go to DailyRoto.com where they have a proven track record of creating millionaires. DailyRoto.com. Tell them Greg Sussman sent you. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Rewind. My name's Tony Sincata. Detroit Lions. Golden Tate. Gonna miss this week. I thought it was all set up. All set up. For a guy in Detroit. Named Kenny Galladay. He was everybody's fantasy darling in the preseason. But Kenny Galladay has been dealing with a hamstring issue. He did not practice on Tuesday. It was a disappointment for many. And it will continue to be a disappointment for many. But here's what you need to do. Is if he's on the waiver wire in your league, pick him up. Even though he's not practicing, just in case. And I think he can turn around later in the week. He's going to be a big receiving threat in that offense. And he'll be a guy that you can attack. So, yes, absolutely. Go out and grab Kenny Galladay. Roto experts in the morning. They discussed waiver wire running backs for week seven. Let's get them. So get Kenny Galladay and listen to this. Corey, I got to start at the top. Because at 4 o'clock today, we're going to get some ruling on Ezekiel Elliott one way or another. Yeah, I've thought about this over the weekend. The good news is um, the earliest waiver wires are going to run are overnight tonight. So you're going to have some clarity on if Ezekiel Elliott's going to play on Sunday by the time your waiver wire runs, which is great. So if you didn't have a waiver wire run over the weekend or, or 
since really last Thursday when this news broke, you is your first chance at Ezekiel Elliott, uh, at Ezekiel Elliott replacement in Darren McFadden or Alfred Morris. You've had some time, as you said, to contemplate this over the weekend. You thought this through. If both guys are out there, what do you do? If both guys are out there, the priority has to be Darren McFadden. So you're switching. I switched. Yes, I switched. Okay. I, I'm allowed to change my mind. I'm allowed to change my mind. You, I, I, I agree. 100%. Oh, okay. And you got a problem with me changing my mind, Scott? Probably the way you dread Tony addressed me. So listen, I, yes, that's right. Because you look at the situation with Jarek McKinnon and Lat Murray, always go for the pass catching running back. Uh, you got to go for the upside. I mean, I, I just think everybody says, well, Alfred Morris has dressed and played it. Alfred Morris has eight carries on the year. So they might want, they might want to keep him in the same role. You know, it's like we talked about. They might have been carrying Darren McFadden in mothballs just for this kind of moment. No doubt. So that's probably what it is. Put him on ice. Break in case of emergency. He will know about 4 o'clock a day if they're going to break or not. If they do break, Darren McFadden is a priority. Prioritize DMC, PPR, or standard. And then you drop down. You get Alfred Morris if you don't get Darren McFadden. If you get... Uh, Alfred Morris, don't look at it as a consolation prize. He's going to be in the mix, too. Who knows? He could get the goal line work. We definitely know he's better between the tackle runner. Just that McFadden has a thing where he can catch the football better out of the backfield. So that's how I would do it. As far as carrying all three, you won't have to because you'll know if you'll be able to cut Zeke or not. You want to carry two. What are you going to do, play them at the same time? Well, here's the thing, too, and I've said it before. When you have a superstar franchise running back like Ezekiel Elliott, a lot of times when you drop down, you can, it takes more than one player to replace exactly. it. Exactly. Because Zeke, Zeke can run inside, he can run outside. Now you have two guys that can do it, and Mars and McFadden. So you know, it takes two guys to right. replace him. Both, like you say, don't the consolation prize. You know, Morris might he might be he's the goal get, line he's back. Get yeah, some work too. they might both be useful. And what Scott is saying is correct because when I was out on Sunday, they had three people in here to replace me. So you see that it takes multiple people to replace yes. some of these bigger talents. It right. takes a village. Corey has this huge ego where they it took three thing. people to replace him. Yeah, we had, the yeah. Th- 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 two hours yesterday, we had nobody replacing us. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. the thing I would There do, you go. There you go. Is I think it even raises Dak even higher. Yeah, no doubt. So you, oh, you, got, you, got, you got to get that done. So Dak can get it done regardless. Way, to me, Dak Prescott, when I do my in-season ranks on rotoexperts.com today, staying right where he is outside the top three, Dak Prescott is my number four ranked fantasy your top quarterback. Three? Oh, I'm sorry. Now it's top two. I forgot the Rodgers thing. He's my third now. He goes up. You, are you Outside not, of Brady and Breeze, it's Dak. Well, yeah. How about Deshaun Watson? He needs to be Deshaun in that Watson's conversation. Deshaun Watson's number four. He needs to be in Deshaun that conversation. Deshaun Watson's number four. Yeah. So you have Russell Wilson behind both of those guys. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. All right. So we talked a lot about Darren McFadden and Alfred Morris last week, right? Last Thursday and Friday specifically. So how much would you spend on those guys if they're still available today? And then we'll move on from some of the, to some of the running backs that could be available. Uh, Give yeah, me a number. Week. How much you got? How much you got in your fab budget left? I got $60 out of 100 left. You got 60 out of 100 left? How much am I going to go d- get DMC for? Yes, I'm sir. putting 35 on DMC. And that is if Ezekiel Elliott is suspended That's today? That's if Ezekiel Elliott is suspended today. Okay. Yeah, I, I was thinking 33 was the first number that came to my mind, so I'm in that same range. <clears throat> if I need a running back badly, I'm probably going like $51. Empty the clip. I, 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 I get the tweets about that. Tweets about, about that. empty the clip? They like it. They like empty the clip? They're in on empty the clip. What about what about uh, Orleans Dark War? How much so so Orleans Dark was obviously the next guy on my uh, next guy on the list, right? After McFadden and Morris, then you get to some of the guys from this week, and that's at the top. 
is Orleans Darkwa. Over 100 yards is a very good, very, very good, the number one defense uh, in the league. Um, and he was the starter, the unquestioned starter, not Wayne Goldman. It was Orleans Darkwa. And I get it. The Giants have no wide receivers. Maybe they caught Denver off guard. Maybe everything was a perfect scenario for the Giants this week, and that's why it worked for Orleans Darkwa. But in a league where we are always desperate for running back and trying to acquire them, Orleans Darkwa is going to get bought. So how much would you spend, Matt Modica? At an at 60? Well, maybe out of 100. I have 60. Well, no, but nobody's got like 100. No, no, you shouldn't. Unless, unless you're inactive. All right, so let's <laughs> yeah. say you have 60. Out of that 60, if I need the running back, maybe I go like 33. No. Uh-huh. If not... You know, maybe like 20 to 25. Yeah, if I need to run it back, I'm in that 19 to 24 range. If I'm going for Orleans Darkwall, drop down, obviously, than some of the more prominent backs this week. Maybe I even put Deion Lewis over him. I understand the Patriot running back is tough, it's, it's, it's tough to trust, but they do got two cake matchups coming up versus the Falcons and the Chargers, so that'll give you a little two-week window. We're starting to see Gillisley snaps go down, so if Lewis gets into some goal line work also, then you've really got something that you can cook with right now. But back to Orleans Darkwall. 21 carries last week against the Stout defense he got it done you feel what I'm saying now moving forward is he going to continue to get that volume in the Giants offense who knows is he going to continue to look that well who knows but I think at least for right now you got something that you can silently say okay well here's a piece let me put my put him in my lineup and cross my fingers or hopefully you use him for bench step I do not like him as a starter but he should be owned in 12 team leagues if I need a running back I'm going in that 35-36 range you going more than McFadden I'll take him over McFadden because I don't I don't know you know because the Giants are going to run the ball now. They are going to run the they're ball. They don't, they, they're going to They're going to try. And you know what? They succeeded last week. They won that game. It's like, there's no way I'm going to say use Eli Manning this week when last week they won and Eli threw one touchdown pass. This team's going to have to run the ball. And early in Darkwa, whether it's been... He, he gets it's been, the Seahawks first. What, what, what it's been, well, he did it against the Broncos last week, right? Then the, why hasn't he done it his whole career? This right here Injuries. is a. This right here is more of a. This is a. This is a one-off. This, I would not look at it and say that Orleans Dark was going to run like this the rest of the season. Every know, time he before, got the ball, before, every time he, he got the, the ball back. this year, though, he's 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 run here's, well. Here's he has run consider. well, and now he's going to get more opportunities. I'm in on Orleans Dark. Where the uh, Eli Manning's not going to be throwing think, the ball too much. I think the consider is McAdoo finally. Re- relinquish the play, the play call. Yeah. So, and like you said, the Giants don't have the re- receiving core. I mean, it's it's pretty much Ingram and Darkwar. That's the that's the two pieces. The, the, the one offense. thing I worry about, though, though, Corey, though, I'm thinking about it, though, is there's going to be a lot of times when this team get games scripted, though. And it's they'll, they'll have a the Giants in there. have a good defense, though. We they saw do. that Sunday night. They do. You know, I mean, I don't think Seattle's coming in. But how long up. is how long they, they they have a good defense? But when it's three and out after three and out after three and out the after defense three and out, a lot of time defense is not, the defense what they is not as good. They've actually, I guess, it forced them to go like match protect now too. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. It's just a nasty situation. There you have it. They're running backs. It's a mess whenever you have to go to the wave of wire to try to get a running back at this point. And a guy like Owens Dockworth, I said the same thing last week, right, with Adrian Peterson. I said, hey, it's getting late in the year. You got to gamble. The running backs are just not going to come out and uh, be available. It's just not going to happen like that. So you're going to have to gamble. If you think there's a, a half a shot, that he could continue what he's doing, you got to take it. You got to take a shot. 
and you got to throw it out there because you just don't know when a running back is going to be available. Matthew Stafford did not practice today. Not a surprise. He was hurt last week. He came in and he put up big numbers. Look for a continue to done. And I think it's a absolutely crushing it. Now, Dirk Cutter says Jameis Winston will not attempt to throw later in this week. I think more and more it's looking like Jameis Winston probably is not going to play. He's not going to have an opportunity to play. So they have Jameis Winston. Could be more Ryan Fitzpatrick. Tough matchup, or maybe could have just picked him up. Stay tuned. More Fantasy Football Rewind after this. to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand or better yet in the pocket of your khakis well check it out now you can it's the fantasy sports radio network app download it now to your phone we promise no weird viruses no strange tracking things just 24 hours a day seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head it's the fantasy sports radio network app stop being a weirdo and streaming it online get it on your phone take it with you everywhere you go There is Tone Loke. Is he the man? I tried to uh, do a little Tone Loke earlier tonight in the news desk. It didn't work out. I didn't have the skills. I lacked the skills. Week 7. Buy low, sell highs, waiver wire pickups with Gary and Thorne and Delton Del Don of Yahoo! Welcome to this Tuesday edition of The Rotation. I'm Gary and Thorne, and on today's show, we are assessing the value of some owned commodities at this point. Whose value going forward was most affected in week six of the fantasy football season? To help me break down some of these big name players who definitely will play a part in some championship aspirations this season, we welcome in from Yahoo Sports, Mr. Dalton Deldon. Dalton, how's it going, man? Going pretty well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely no problem. My pleasure as always, Dalton. And uh, like I said, some very interesting and intriguing guys to talk about as we sit here on Tuesday. Uh, Can't exactly claim any of these dudes in the waiver wire. Well, maybe Orleans Darqua, who we'll get into in just a second. But uh, Jordy Nelson's not exactly someone you're going to be picking up off the scrap heap at this point. But a very strange situation for Jordy Nelson to be in. I mean, Devontae Adams, too, for the remainder of this season. It's not even so much that the touchdown expectancy, which probably was their biggest concern entering week six, is at the forefront of our minds at this point. It's the Brett Hundley situation. It's losing Aaron Rodgers, who really, you know, to take this in a baseball direction for a second, it's like when Albert Pujols lost Mike Trout this year. It was like, okay, all of Albert Pujols' fantasy value was tied directly to Mike Trout. I don't quite think Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams are that poor in terms of their own raw personal talent and value at this point, but it's a big blow. It's a massive blow to these two gentlemen. Jordy Nelson 
in particular was wide receiver four in standard, is wide receiver four in standard formats right now. He's wide receiver six in PPR leagues. In fact, Devontae Adams one spot ahead of him at wide receiver five. Jordy Nelson has 55.4% of his standard fantasy points this season directly correlated to his six touchdowns. I mean, if that's really the thing he does to set himself apart, and that's what we've seen the last half decade from Mr. Jordy Nelson, Brett Hundley's not exactly that guy. So I know you can't exactly drop Jordy Nelson at this point. You probably don't want to trade him for like 60, 65 cents on the dollar. What do you kind of do with Jordy Nelson? How do you see him playing out the rest of 2017, Dalton? Yeah, it's a tough, obviously a tough blow. He, he lost the most fantasy value of anyone this last weekend who wasn't injured. Um, yeah, I mean, he's still a good, you know, good real life player, but the separation hasn't quite been there the last year and a half coming off his surgery. He relies so much on those pinpoint back shoulder throws from, from Rodgers. I mean, listen, the, the Saints are now six point favorites in Lambeau. And what would the spread have been with the healthy Rodgers? The uh, Packers at least touchdown favorites? I mean, there's not a player in the NFL in the past decade I can remember. Obviously, Brady's in a different situation with a, you know, a more proven backup in the coaching there. But I mean, I mean, Vegas treating a player as near 14 points is just pretty much unheard of. So, I mean, that, that says enough to me right there, just how much the loss of Rodgers is gonna be for all the skill position players. You're right. You can't trade him because everyone knows Rodgers is out. I mean, I guess you, you'd have some guts to trade for him right now, but I think he's going to obviously just just really destroy his fantasy value. But at home against the Saints, at least the matchup is right, so you're probably going to roll him out there and just expect wide receiver three numbers just because of the matchup this week. But, but yeah, if you have shares of, of him and Adams, what can you do at this point? It's just a, it's just a brutal, brutal loss. Yeah, it's kind of sunk cost at this point, and it's, it's hard to say. It's, I hate problems that really have no solutions. And as you talked about, maybe the play, if you really are struggling at this point, maybe you're sitting at you know, two and four after six weeks and really need to take a chance. Maybe Jordy Nelson is your guy to go buy extremely low on, but I would probably just, as you were saying here, recommend holding on to him, expecting wide receiver three production week to week and uh you know there was that one nice brett hundley back shoulder pass to jordy in that game against minnesota so maybe they do find a little bit of a rhythm uh going forward let's talk about the other big news of week six uh for all the negative that was aaron Rodgers, uh anyone who picked up ap and had to roll him out there in week six i know i was one of those people not very excited about it was excited about it by about seven o'clock eastern time on Sunday, Adrian Peterson goes off for 26 carries, 134 yards, and two touchdowns against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know I said something along the lines of even if AP has a good fantasy week in week six, it's going to be touchdown dependent and it's not going to be something you want to believe in going forward. I don't know if I can really back up that statement anymore. I mean, Arizona still does lead the league in pass ratio, but they were very run heavy in this contest. Now, obviously it's a contest where the game script got very strange very quickly, uh, but Adrian Peterson factored heavily into what they wanted to do as a team. And you look forward, Dalton, I know he's got that bye week coming up in week eight, but that is sandwiched by games against the Rams and the 49ers, the number one and two teams in football right now in allowing points to opposing running backs in PPR settings. This seems like a great spot right now to be owning Adrian Peterson, or is this all kind of just a haze? Is, is this something maybe we have to ignore and use to our advantage to possibly sell high on a guy like Peterson where maybe this was just a one-off performance? 32-year-old running back, um, I'm an ageist with that position especially. Uh, 
when approaching 2,500 career carries, coming off major knee surgery. Now on the Saints, I wanted no part of him entering the year, but I was desperate in a 14-team league with a ton of starting positions. And it was an auction. I went stars and scrubs at wide receiver and quarterback. Anyway, I, I bid $51 on him when he was traded to Arizona and I got him. So I watched him closely and man, did he impress. I didn't expect that. Obviously he gets dinged in, in PPR formats. He's gonna come out on third downs, but the two touchdowns, uh, Tampa Bay for all their faults have actually defended the run pretty well. Um, there's no other options there. I mean, at worst, even if the uh, the yards per carry drops, which it inevitably will, I mean, the, the, the run blocking is still shaky in Arizona, but he's going to be the goal line guy there. Uh, approach 18 to 22 uh, carries per week. You mentioned the schedule looks highly favorable moving forward. So he just most importantly passed the eye test and it's a shocking development, frankly. Um, but I guess Peterson has always been an athletic freak. So if anyone can defy history, it is him. So especially in the running back landscape in today's NFL, how could you not uh, start him weekly? I mean, at minimum, he's a running back too for me uh, moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I know you probably haven't delved too deep into your Week 7 rankings as of yet, but with that matchup, with that prime matchup against the Rams this weekend, where do you think you're going to have Peterson, roughly? Oh, he'll be he'll be top 15 for me this week. And, and, and especially, not well, you say next week he has a bye, that, that's, that's too bad, but uh, I think the next two weeks there are six teams on bye, so it's going to be... You know, slim, even slimmer pickings yeah. than usual, and all these injuries that just keep hitting like like crazy each week. So I'll probably have him around 15th on my running back uh, rankings this week. I'd say it's uh, it's a crazy year. It's a crazy year, and Adrian Peterson definitely is proof of that at this point. Uh, but we can't talk about Adrian Peterson without talking about Mark Ingram. And I mean, look for all the praise Peterson has gotten for his Week Six performance, kind of overshadowed his brief former teammate. Mark Ingram, who also had a massive game without Peterson, kind of, I don't want to say pilfering carries. It's not as if Adrian Peterson was getting that many snaps for the Saints, but really simplifying that Saint backfield just between he and Alvin Kamara. Uh, 25 carries, 114 yards, two touchdowns against Detroit, and maybe most importantly, with that sort of perceived split between Ingram and Kamara in terms of skill set, Ingram's still catching passes, five catches in that contest against the Lions as well. He finished week six as RB2 in PPR formats, only behind Melvin Gordon, who essentially caught every Phillip Rivers pass in their game against the Raiders. I mean, I know the game script got kind of wonky for Kamara's purposes. They were down, excuse me, up 45 to 10 at one point, and we're very content to just give Mark Ingram the ball, but he's kind of had to have solidified himself as a near top end RB2 going forward, right? Absolutely. Um, it, it's weird to say that Peterson leaving should affect him that much because Peterson saw more snaps in his first game alone with the, with the Cardinals than he did the previous uh, four games combined with New Orleans. But for one thing, Ingram is either he, he's looked good at you know when he's been on the field throughout his career, but the coaching staff is just for some reason they never fully endorsed him for whatever reason. So just the fact that they they traded AP. Uh, is a is a you know a positive and as you said he's quietly he doesn't seem like the type and Kamara you know everyone loves him as a receiver but Ingram has five or more targets in every game this season nice to finally see him hit pay dirt um, yeah, yeah I'm treating him as another I'm treating him as a, as a back end RB one moving forward the offense is still a nice position to be in so um, yeah I and mean, he looks so so good and the touches are only going to continue to increase so so yeah I mean Ingram looks terrific and if you sat on him and we're frustrated with his production, uh, you're going to really reap the benefits over the second half of the year. Well, for moving Peterson and Ingram up in the rankings on a week-to-week -week basis, someone's got to move down. Uh, that's just kind of how these things work. And maybe that guy, that possible candidate,
could be C.J. Anderson. I know we didn't talk a whole lot about Devontae Booker coming back in week four because he really didn't play too heavily into that game. I believe had three carries for 14 yards before you know, the Broncos went on by. Uh, he looked okay in this week six matchup. When you take a look at the final snap count of that Sunday night game, sure, C.J. Anderson got his 38 snaps, but Devontae Booker was ahead of Jamal Charles with 23 snaps, and Charles still got his 20. So this, again, creates a very complex situation in a backfield where it seemed from weeks one to four, even though Charles was getting his work, you know, C.J. Anderson was was doing some nice things. He was RB11 in standard formats the first four weeks. He was RB12 in PPR. So entrenched as a RB1 in any possible format you could play in, you know, even had 20-plus carries in three of those four weeks. His stat line against the Giants was putrid. I know every Bronco underperformed in that contest, but nine carries for 17 yards was not involved in the passing game at all. And, I mean, you know, C.J. Anderson's not exactly going to be LaShawn McCoy or anything like that, but he was a steady two to three catches a game guy and has been something like that throughout the course of his career. I mean, do we really have to take a look at a guy like Devontae Booker and think he's going to impact C.J. Anderson this much going forward, or is this more of a weird game script thing against the Giants, Dalton? Yeah, I could not have been more wrong here, C.J. Anderson. I think I had him ranked as my seventh uh, running back last week. Uh, I Coming off a bye at home in prime time, facing a Giants team without all of their receivers. I love their fantasy defense. I fired up uh, Anderson in, in, in plenty of DFS leagues. So what a disappointment. Um, I'm, I'm willing to just write it off as an aberration, but it's, it is weird. He didn't receive one target when, when Simeon threw for maybe the, the world's quietest 376 yards you'll ever see. <laughs> but Booker, I guess, is worth a stash now. But Anderson showed up in terrific shape of the offseason. He looks healthy. I know he's only scored in one game this season, but he, he did score twice in that. And he's been the volume has mostly been there. Um, no Emmanuel Sanders. I guess you could look at it both ways. Uh, you know, maybe it'll hurt the offense, and Simeon is dealing with a little bit of a banged-up shoulder himself. But at the same time, maybe the team will rely more on the ground game. Uh, Demarius Thomas is an upgrade for me. Uh, I think he's just going to be a target monster uh, moving, you know, while Sanders is out. But Anderson is more of this to hold for me. Sure, you can lower him a little. Very discouraging game. I mean, I think the Giants ranked pretty low in DVOA entering against the rush. But a, a long carry of six yards. But, you know, every, every player has a bad game. So I, I expect him to bounce back. I, I wouldn't be too concerned. So maybe a buy low opportunity for C.J. Anderson then sure. if anyone's overreacting uh, to that one start sample. Uh, let's go to the other side of the ball in that Sunday night contest. Uh, for as putrid as the... The Broncos looked, uh, I don't want to say the Giants looked good, but they won a game, good for the Giants. Uh, that's probably the high point of their season so far. And Orleans Darqua might have kind of taken the reins here in terms of their running back situation. I know there was a little bit of groundswell this week for Wayne Gallman, who you know some of us were assuming, uh, because again, much like yourself, Dalton, and, and myself included in this group, uh, a lot of people just assume that that Bronco defense was going to wreak havoc specifically on that offensive line and just cause Eli Manning to have to dump the ball off a lot to Goleman in this contest. And maybe he could get a greasy, you know, 15 to 17 points in a PPR without actually doing all that much. That was not the game script that broke down. And it was Orleans Darqua with 21 carries and 117 yards against a Broncos defense that even after that performance is still the best in terms of fantasy points allowed to running backs in PPR so far this season. They'd only allowed one 50-yard rusher, period, entering that Week 6 contest, much like 
some guys we've talked about prior. I mean, the Adrian Peterson schedule we brought up. He also has the Rams and the Niners in the next three weeks. So some good running back matchups on the horizon. Do you feel like he definitively overtook Gallman in that sort of Giants backfield and should be treated as such going forward? Yeah, apparently Ben McAdoo giving up play calling was more important than the loss of, of Beckham because seriously, that 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 was so surprising. I only half kid there, but uh, that he, he's been very frustrating if you watch his play calling. Oh yeah, uh, Dark Darklaw impressed the week before even. He had 69 yards and a touch on eight carries before getting banged up. I do worry about his durability. He's never really proven to be you know a 20 carry weekly guy, but he's also never been given a full opportunity. And yeah, in Denver, the toughest matchup as it gets in the NFL, 5.6 yards per carry. Uh, not going to be you know huge involved in the passing attack although he does have one reception in every single game this season but i think he's fully taken there it is delton del don and our guy gary and thorn breaking it down we take a quick break come back and wrap up fantasy football rewind right here on the fantasy sports radio network make sure you don't go anywhere we're talking fantasy football we're making it happen you got to make it happen right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're here 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, absolutely getting it done. Don't go anywhere. Hey, this is Greg Sussman from the Roto Experts in the Morning. And, and listen, we can all use a little help sometimes. That's why I talk to three guys every single day that help me with my fantasy teams. But if you need help with your fantasy teams, and you probably do, you should purchase the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football In-Season Package, featuring weekly lineup ranks, chats with our experts every single day, and player cards for every player in the NFL, including reports from InsideInjuries.com. You cannot beat it. Don't set your lineups without checking the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge in-season package. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Rewind. My name is Tony Cicada. Make sure you join me every Monday through Thursday. Uh, Friday. We're here to Fridays now. 1 to 3 a.m. Eastern. We're going to come back. Hour number two. Break down some more fantasy football for you and get you ready for uh, week seven in fantasy football. And we'll make sure that you got all the information you need to be successful because that's what it's all about. It's about winning. Just like President Trump said, hey, we're going to win so much, we're going to get sick of winning. (laughs) Uh, Have you got sick of winning? Have you? Are you going to be one of those guys? That's going to feel like, hey, I won enough. Let some other guy win. No, that's not what we do here. You don't listen to Fantasy Sports Radio Network so you can let another guy win. We don't play like that here. Right? Stay tuned. Hour number two coming up. I feel like. Boogie, man. I feel like boogie. 